The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long. Your life will pass by as a vapor and you will stand before the judgment seat of God. And every secret deed and thought, every wrinkle, every spot will be in view. Before the one who knows all things, the Lord of Lord and King of Kings, you know the one you never knew. While you have breath, you have a choice to make in life. Turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him from the judgment that's to come He is the shelter from the coming storm All creation shakes at the mention of his name. Amen. He has power over life and death. Every knee will bow and tongue confess. Heaven and earth will proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of the Father will you bow. He can save you from the might of all your sin This is the fight in which He stands In perfect victory While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come Shelter from the coming storm While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ can find peace in Him from the judgment that's to come. He is a shelter from the coming storm. He's the only shelter from the coming storm. The world broke once.
under the weight of its sin. And it was washed away. The world will break again under the weight of its sin. Only this time, it will be consumed by fire. This is very personal. This is your world. This is where you live. Sin has a tremendous weight associated with it. It crushes down on the earth, so much so, it says in Romans, that the earth is groaning under the weight of that sin. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. That weight of sin can only be removed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. In reality, I'm not talking figuratively, I'm saying in reality, only the blood of Jesus can wash that sin away. Now, let's be practical a minute. I'm being practical, but I mean very practical. Christians across this nation spend anywhere from seven to ten hours a day in some kind of social media, in some kind of education or, shall I say, entertainment. And what is the effect of that social media on your spiritual walk with Jesus? Well, part of what it was on my life is that it numbed me out. It was not drawing me closer to Jesus. It was not making me more intense in my desire to repent and be clean before Jesus. It numbed me out. And the result was everything in my life was dulled. The weight of that sin weighed me down and caused pain in my heart and in my life. Sin causes pain. Pain to God, pain to you, and pain to those you're in sin with. So, now you come to a gospel message, and you're numb. You don't know how to respond to it. It doesn't make sense to you. What makes sense is quickly getting back to your cell phone, or quickly getting back home and and getting in the studio or in the office or the house and plug into the to the movies and to the to the internet because that seems to be where life is in America is that where your life is then you will not be able to comprehend or understand what I'm going to try to say to you today it will go right on by you like you never heard it but let me give you just a moment of a background and how I how I have arrived at this position. I knew that Jesus, for some time, had been telling me I needed to cut back. I said, "Cut back." He was saying, "Cut off your social media." And I didn't do it. Finally, I came to a place where the Lord said, turn your cell phone off. I said, what? I need the cell phone to be in touch with people. Turn your cell phone off. <clears throat> I 
Then I fell and broke my hip. And then the Lord said to me again, turn off your internet, turn off your social media, and turn off your cell phone. I know how to reach you. You don't need a cell phone for me to reach you, Ray. (laughs) So, you know what I did? I turned it off. So I am now under no drug addiction to my telephone. I'm not under any drug addiction to social media in any manner. And as I'm in that place, I want to tell you what's happening. And then I'll get to the message. What's happening is my head is being cleared out. I am closed into my house, not shopping, not doing anything outside because I can't get out my front door with a walker. My time is spent reading the scriptures and praying, talking with Twyla. I am literally in a process of withdrawal and disengagement from the world. I am cutting off. I have cut off every avenue the world has to my heart. Now, what I'm also going through I'm going through a time of the in-between. When I'm not connected to social media, I want to call it something else, may I? I'm not connected to devil media. It is devil media. It's not Jesus media. It's devil media. And I'm not connected to the to the cell phone, they're all gone. But what is happening? Channels of communication, words from the Holy Spirit, are flowing in my life and in my heart. That's where yesterday I came up with this word I'd never heard before, nascent evil. In other words, the beginning of when evil started. The Holy Spirit is speaking to me and giving me very clear new understandings from Scripture. I'm excited about that. I want those new understandings and those those new connections. And what I'm asking Jesus to do now, in the same way I was connected or in some similar manner that I was connected to the cell phone and to the Internet, I'm asking if he would connect me to himself so that the channel would be clear and free for him to use as he chooses to do so. I want that, and I want to be able to pray and have him respond to my prayers. All right. That's all bonus. Now let's get to the message. It was the first year of Darius. Darius was the son of Xerxes. He was a a Mede by nationality. He was the new ruler of Babylon. No sooner had he gotten in as the new king than they tried to wipe out God's servant, Daniel. They threw him in the lion's den at age 80-something, and the lions didn't like the taste of his leather. But we go beyond that. 
He is a student of the prophets. And he considers Jeremiah one of the legitimate prophets of Israel. And he knows from his reading of everything that Jeremiah has written that desolation was declared for Jerusalem. Why? Because the weight of sin had crushed this nation. Now, what I want you to hear is the weight of sin crushed a nation And the weight of sin can crush your family. The weight of sin can crush your marriage. The weight of sin can crush your job. The weight of sin is too heavy for you to carry. It will crush you. It will cause you an immense amount of sadness and pain and anguish. It will bring disease upon you. It will bring every kind of destructive thing into your life. It is destructive. It is heavy. It is painful. So, he read that 70 years of desolation had been declared. He was somewhere... 10 to 15 years of age. We don't know how old he was. But he began to pray about this issue. He is one of the most righteous men of the entire Old Testament. But now he begins to go to God, whom he has a direct line of contact. By the way, that's the line of contact I'm asking for. I've no right to it. I've not earned it. It's only the blood of Jesus that can give me that line of contact. But he goes directly to the Lord, and he begins to pray with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. In other words, he totally humbles himself before God. And he prays. Oh, Lord. Remember who the Lord was? In Exodus, he said, I am the Lord who healeth thee. There's only one Lord in the scriptures. It's Lord Jesus. He's praying, Oh, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with all who love him and obey his commands. We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and your laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, the princes, our fathers, and to all the people of the land. You understand, this is very serious for him. He has spent his entire adult life serving as a slave in a foreign kingdom. He has been castrated can't have children. He can't be married. He serves in the palace. He has been attacked time after time by other pagan leaders. They've tried to destroy him. His has not been a calm and peaceful life. And it's all been because of sin, the weight of sin, because the leadership would not listen to the prophets or to the servants of God. They turned instead to wickedness, to bold-faced sin. O Lord, we and our kings and princes and our fathers are covered with shame because we have sinned against you. 
The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving. Even though we have rebelled against him, we have not obeyed the Lord our God or kept the laws he gave us through his servants the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. Therefore the curses and sworn in judgment written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. Now, I want to make this very personal, please. I hope you do not come to listen to this broadcast only to gain a little bit of information. It's not about information. It's about sin. It's about getting right with God. The only way you can get right with God is to turn away from your sin. To repent. To turn away from your sin. And to be giving to begin giving full attention to the truth of God, to the scriptures, to the Holy Spirit as he speaks to you. Now, I'm going to be straight up with you. Some of you, most of you, are addicted to social media or you're addicted to your hobbies, or you're addicted to your cell phone. You're addicted to some form of mind-numbing entertainment, or you you are connected directly to some kind of addiction to making money or to buying certain things, to investing in certain things. Some of you spend all of your time and energy strategizing your next moves with the stock market. You spend your time and energy seeking your place in this world of comfort and ease that you can one day go traveling or you can one day do this or that. Or you don't even do that. You're just totally addicted to the gambling that you enjoy doing. That sin separates you from Jesus. Now, repentance is not enough. Repentance is not merely saying, I'm sorry, God, or I'm sorry, Jesus. Repentance also means, I cut it off. I turn it off. I say no to it. I said yesterday, I'll repeat today, all sin flows out of lust. Lust is where I want to take for myself. What is the opposite of lust? Love. I want this for another person. I want this for Jesus. I want this for the kingdom of God. But lust says, no, I want that. That's mine. I'll enjoy that. And everything is about, I want to enjoy my life. And if I can't enjoy my life, I'll at least numb out so I don't realize how painful my life really is. I mean, some of you have a husband that's sick and dying, or a wife that's sick and dying, or children that have whatever. And the pain and anguish, or you've been terminated at work, or you've been... Some way you've been cut off, you've been hurt. And where do you go to satisfy that? Some form of entertainment. 
some form of of mind numbing. Now, don't get me wrong. Before we had cell phones and before we had before we had the internet, we had monopoly, we had risk, we had other board games, we had card games, gambling, drinking, smoking, messing around, sexual uncleanness. I mean, man's always had a place to go and hide. We've just modernized those things. They're all sinful. And if you want Jesus, you're going to have to cut them off. Now, we talk about dying to self. What does dying to self mean? Literally, dying to self means I cut this off in the name of Jesus. I'm done with it. Marijuana numbs you out. Another kind of drug hypes you up. I'm done with it. I want Jesus. When you cut off the things of the flesh, the world, and the devil, you're getting ready now to go to heaven. Oh, pastor, what am I going to do? I'd be so bored. Well, that's that in-between place that we have to go through where we're crucified and we're in that dark night. And it takes some time to go through that dark night, some soul-searching to say, do I really want Jesus? Do I want eternal life? Let's be flat out. Do you want to live forever? Do you want Jesus? Or do you want to live with the devil forever? You can live with either one. Bedmates with Jesus or bedmates with the devil. I tell you what. When I look at Jesus, I see kindness. I see mercy. I see love beyond anything I've ever known in my life. The love of God is so far beyond my understanding. I have sinned so grievously against the Lord God in my life. I'll never forget the night. I've been praying about my wickedness, my sin. I was up in the early hours. And the Lord spoke audibly to me. He said, all of your sins I have forgiven. I had a a camp meeting right there. Praising God, I was forgiven. I was free. Now I've gone back and looked at those sins, and they've caused me a, a great deal of grief because I see how I was hurt and how I hurt other people. most especially how I hurt Jesus by spitting in his face with what I wanted. It's ugly. I don't like it. Some of you are saying, well, pastor, how do I get right with Jesus? Acknowledge that what you've done was sin. And then cut it off by the blood of Jesus. Deny yourself. Take up your cross, that's for dying, and follow him. So you begin cutting off the internet. You begin cutting off the cell phone. You begin cutting off this and this and this and this. And the weight of sin will begin to drop off you. And you will begin to walk in such freedom and joy as you have never experienced in your life. 
but let me share more. In Daniel, the ninth chapter, Therefore, the curses and sworn judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us. Because we have sinned against you, you cannot sin against God and not expect that you will be subject to very painful judgments. Now, you can put those off by being connected to social media and your telephone and your play, your toys. For some, those are mechanical devices that give you a thrill, like your motorcycle or your or your power boat or your cabin in the woods. You can create things that will ease the tension and the pain that sin has brought into your life. I'm not saying they're wrong. I would enjoy a cabin in the woods. Jesus hasn't given me that. And so I don't have one. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? We can use physical things for the glory of God, or we can use those physical things to numb us out. You have fulfilled the words spoken against us and against our rulers by bringing upon us great disaster. Under the whole heaven, nothing has ever been done like what has been done to Jerusalem. Just as it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us. Yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our sins and giving attention to your truth. The Lord did not hesitate to bring the disaster upon us, for the Lord our God is righteous in everything he does, yet we have not obeyed him. If you do not turn from your sin, you've listened to this broadcast. I've been very straight and honest with you. If you do not take the action necessary to turn from the sin that the Holy Spirit is convicting you of, if you do not bestir yourself from that couch and that television and those movies, If you do not do that, if you do not turn from your sin, and if you do not give full attention to truth, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, if you don't make that major change, God is going to bring the judgments upon this world. And I'll be more specific. If you read carefully the book of Revelation, particularly the 18th chapter, you will see that the direction America is going is to become fully involved in the prostitution with nations. You're going to read very clearly where Christians will be desperately persecuted. Christians are going to be persecuted, put to death in America. The blood of Americans will flow in this nation. Why? A direct judgment from Almighty God. The blood of the children of Israel also flowed. If you read the 18th chapter of Revelation, you will read about this prostitute. Decked out in her glory, riding on the beast. Until finally they all get tired of her. And her her wickedness, her prostitution, her cheating, 
her stealing. They finally, her controlling, they finally get tired of all of this. And Babylon is destroyed. And I believe, along with many other Christian pastors and prophets and prophetesses, that America is Babylon in the last hour. Now, you can laugh at what I'm saying today. I'm trying to make it so plain and so clear that you'll either laugh at me or you'll begin to get very serious, as I am, about getting directly connected with God, repenting of all sin, turning away from all darkness, hearing the Holy Spirit say, cut that off, let it go, come and walk with me. There are only two roads. There's the broad road where most churches are built these days. And there's the narrow road. The broad road Christian will not go to heaven. The wages of sin are death. Unless that sin is put away, confessed, acknowledged, and left behind by the blood of Jesus, washed away, no longer played with, no longer participated in. You can't be saved. Read Romans, the sixth chapter. Read it, breathe it, eat it. It's very clear. If you want to go to heaven... You're going to have to cut off the sin of this world that numbs you out and prevents you from being able to recognize the power and the consequence of sin in your heart and in your life. He goes on. The ninth chapter of the book of of Daniel. The Lord did not hesitate to bring the disaster upon us, This is verse 14. For the Lord our God is righteous in everything he does, yet we have not obeyed him. Now, O Lord our God, who brought your people out of Egypt with a mighty hand and who made for yourself a name endures to this day, we have sinned. We have done wrong. If you are spending those seven or eight hours a day on the Internet, you are sinning against Almighty God because you are numbing your heart out and making it impossible for the Holy Spirit to speak to you and to reach you. If you are participating in sexual uncleanness, Pornography, I don't need to name them all, do I? I've done that before. If you're involved in sexual impurity, you're living with someone you're not married to, you're you're shacked up with them. You're living unclean. If you are spending your time in social media, cell phone, TikTok, And then you're spending your time shopping and doing foolish things in your spare time. You have sinned. And if you don't get that corrected before Almighty God and let the Holy Spirit come in power into your heart and take over and give you direction for eternity, you have done wrong. You have wronged Jesus. And you don't have a chance of going to heaven until you correct this mess. Until you say, Jesus, I must have you. I must have you, Jesus. You must have me. I will obey you.
Verse 16, O Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, turn away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. He's saying, Lord, it's time to reestablish Jerusalem. It's time to once more build this temple. It's time once more to try one more time to see if you can gain the attention of your people. We've been imprisoned as slaves for 70 years. Most of the people who who rebelled against the Lord are long gone, long dead. They'll face their judgment at the very end. He says, our sins and the iniquities of our fathers have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn to all those around us. You won't like hearing this. But most of you who call yourself Christian today in America, most of you are scorned by the world. They scorn you. They don't take you seriously. Well, they'll take your money. They'll deal business with you. But they suspect that your pastors play in footsies with some beautiful gal on the side. They'll suspect that you're just sharp business people. They'll suspect that you love the world and the TV and the movies just like they do. I was stunned years ago by by the survey that was done by Focus on the Family, the scientific study that revealed that those who call themselves pagans, there was no lifestyle difference between the pagan and the person who said he was a Christian. Same time in front of the television, same time doing whatever pagans do, Same love of money, same vacations, same plans for their kids. Everything was the same. We are an object of scorn to America. And holiness must become the central focus of the Christian church in America if that's to change. We're going to have to walk in repentance. We're going to have to walk in integrity before God. We're going to have to turn off our cell phones and our social medias. We're going to have to begin to focus on walking like real Christians, loving one another, caring for one another, caring for pagans, instead of the selfish American lifestyle that we now live. Now our God, verse 17. Hear the prayers and the petitions of your servant. For your sake, O Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, O God, hear, open your eyes, and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. It was a it was a pile of ruin, of debris. We do not make these requests of you, Lord, because we are righteous but because of your great mercy. O Lord, listen. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hear and act for your sake. O my God, do not delay because your city and your people bear your name. In other words, he's saying, look, your your name is being shamed. If you look at chapter 9, verse 5, the very beginning, he's clear. We have sinned. All of us, we have sinned and done wrong. 
we have been wicked and rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes and our fathers, to all the people of the land. Lord, you are righteous, but this day we are covered with shame. Now, straight out, the American church is apostate in America. We are covered by shame. We have chosen the way of the world, the flesh, and the devil, and baptized it and called it Christian. We've brought wicked music into the sanctuaries. We've filled our sanctuaries with wicked concerts and charged people for them. We have become money grabbers. We have not cared for the poor as we ought. We have brought shame on the name of Jesus Christ. And his judgments are going to come upon the American church if this is not radically and quickly turned around. I can guarantee you, if you invited me or some other pastor to come to your church and preach like I'm preaching, the church would probably be empty by the time the sermon was finished. Why? Because God's people in America have no taste for discipline and no taste for truth. They want things that will tickle their ears. They want soft words. They want entertainment. They don't want the straight head on that says, Look, you are sinning against God, and his judgments are about to fall upon this nation and upon your church. Do you realize, if you look in Revelation, it says, that Jesus says he's going to come and take the lampstand from your church. He's going to walk away from the church. So what are you going to do? Are you going to stop going to that church that preaches those interesting ideas and tickles your ears? and encourages you to be prosperous and to go for the gold. You're going to walk away from that mess, that heresy of prosperity? No, what we're called to is righteousness and holiness. What we're called to is to be like Jesus, to be separate from the world, to cut off these things that we have slid into. And I'm going to be very straight. Most Christians did not intentionally go the way of the world. We were seduced by wicked pastors. We were seduced by wicked ideas. We were seduced by wicked spirits who brought into the church the homosexuality, the rainbow flag. I thought the rainbow flag was reserved for Noah and the promises of God. But no, these seducing spirits have flooded into the church and they're destroying our families. They're ripping our kids apart. I'm so angry about what's happening to our our precious children. Oh, my brother, my sister. Are you going to listen to this message today and turn from your sin? I know I've touched some very precious things to you, like your your cell phone and your television and your movies and your entertainment and your lust for money and your lust for travel and your bucket list, and the list goes on and on. Look, you've got an option. You have an option. Will you turn from darkness and begin to follow the way of Jesus Christ? Or will you continue to walk in the sinning Christian heresy? Or will you let Jesus totally wash and cleanse you 
and take the sin out of your life. Take the weight of ungodliness from your life and begin to give you the lift up toward heaven. Begin to change your countenance. Begin to bring peace and joy and life into your heart. It's there for you. You decide. This is a very painful time physically for me, but I tell you what, it's a joyous time in the spirit. I praise his name. I worship Jesus. He is is the most wonderful God that could possibly be imagined, and then a lot more. I hope this has helped you today. I've not given this message to criticize or condemn. I've given this message to say, look, enough is enough. Let's get right with Jesus. Let's turn our hearts toward heaven. Let's walk this according to the word. Lord, I come today. I've given the message as clearly and as straight as I could possibly give it. I pray that every person who hears this word will rise up and say, yes, enough is enough. I'm going to go to Jesus and I'm going to get free and clean and washed and scrubbed up. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, this is Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. I'm concerned about you. I love you, but I'm concerned about you. I'd love to hear from you. You can write to me, Pastor Ray Greenley, National Prayer Chapel. Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. And just an added word, thank you for each of you who has been so faithfully giving. Last month's radio is paid for. It's finished. And now we work on this month's radio bill. Thank you. Thank you. You can go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, nationalprayerchapel.com. You can give online. You can find where we meet. And you can come and worship with us. If you've had it, if you're finished, and you're ready to get serious with Jesus, then come and visit us. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon.